We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, a bit of a weird episode of the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. With me today uh, is really Andrew Claudio. Um, he does uh, Nick Film School uh, podcast. I was on his show. Actually, just right now. I just finished recording his pod, and I'm going to post this to our YouTube page and our podcast feed. So if you're listening to this, um, you will hear. Uh, we can put a timestamp if you want to just skip to that. It's a lot of just Heat Nick talk, previewing. Uh, the Heat Nick series and talking about kind of what happened with the Heat the other day, but I just wanted to kind of address. I wasn't going to do this podcast today. Um, they lost uh, to Philadelphia without Embiid at home, and it was as embarrassing a loss as they had all season. I think for me, the only real, real one that that bothered me that much was the Dallas loss, where they go into Dallas and they get blown out by like a billion points. After I said good teams win this game, <sighs> so I didn't want to just give you some random pod of me talking with heat nicks with with the nick guy uh which by the way follow him andrew jake claudio on on twitter he's he's pretty good and a uh, good good-hearted guy but i wanted to address my my our audience right like i wanted to talk to you guys heat fans because i think this season has been you know i wasn't always there i was at brass had been telling me all year this is a season from hell i've i've not i've not i've not dislike the season as much as this in a long time and i go come on man it's not that bad you know blah 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 and what's happened is that I, i've kind of come on board with him it has been embarrassing it has been a catastrophe it has made me think that i think this window might be closed uh and perhaps as an overreaction as a fan and i think you know we're all entitled to to, to that and i i think I think it's okay to be upset. And I think anybody telling you, well, you're overreacting or whatever, I, I think it's fair. And I think even we have kind of legislated kind of, well, that's an overreaction or this. I, I think that those days are done. And I think even if they write this ship and turn it around, um, I, I think they're cooked. And I think that they're, I, I, I've said it a million times, their ceiling is a second round exit um, with the right matchup in the first round. And, and even then I'm waning with, you know, their ceiling might be the first round. And and I don't want to let 
a loss against a, a team that I think that matchup doesn't really work for them. They went small, PJ at the five. You know, Tyrese was running up and down the court. It felt a lot like that Atlanta game where they go into Atlanta and, and Atlanta's just running down Miami's throat, not turning the ball over. And to me, that's kind of the recipe to beat this Heat team, you know, kind of being small, being quick, taking advantage of the fact that Miami doesn't have good point of attack defenders, doesn't have ways to keep up with speed. And when they play with Embiid, they, you know, they kind of play at a pace that Miami likes to play more. It's more Embiid Harden-centric, right? It's a lot slower. You know, they did not play Harden ball yesterday. They played Maxi ball. And I think that's a huge kind of step for the Sixers um, in kind of terms of their identity and kind of their ceiling. I think they don't get trapped in, in those Harden things. And they were able to kind of play a style that, you know, frankly, Miami doesn't have a, a good way to deal with. So, but that's an excuse. And I can't sit here in good conscience, I cannot sit here and tell you that that's why they lost. And it's not because this team's kind of ass. I can't, I can't, I can't in good conscience say that I know what I'm watching. I have eyes. And I think one of my flaws as an analyst, uh, is I sometimes wait too long for, I kind of wait too long to make a judgment on something. I like to have more data. I sometimes see something and I'm like, well, you know, it could be because of X, Y, Z, right? And I'm always, and listen, the year that they went to the finals, I did not like that team. I didn't like them. I was pretty critical of them all year. And then they made the finals. And like, I, you know, I don't know everything. And I may defend what I know, uh, you know, a lot on Twitter and a lot on this show, but I make mistakes and I was really wrong about a lot of this team. I, I thought that the shooting would kind of progress to a mean. It never did. They've gone from the best shooting team to the worst shooting team. They are absolutely incompetent. Guys like Gabe Vincent, Max Strews, Caleb Martin, all these guys can't shoot anymore. Kyle has been either unavailable or lackluster, a guy that I love. And I could say, well, you know, that stretch in November where everybody's hurt. He hasn't been good. And he was a, you could even say he was a looter in a riot during that stretch. At least he looked fucking alive and he was available. Um, you know, he's not going to come in here and fix this. Kevin Love's not going to come here and fix this, which, by the way, Kevin Love with Bam, they're minus 18 per 100 possessions. It's fucking minus 19 per 100 possessions when they share the court in 75 minutes. Uh, absolutely fucking crazy. And then the 18 minutes that Kevin plays and Bam doesn't, they're plus 68, but that's a different conversation. Um, you know, Zeller's been fine. I think they have a backup center that doesn't fucking throw up over himself when he comes in the game. So I guess that's a win. But that's that's where the bar is, right? And I think people have said that all year. You know, other people have been like, well, you know, you, your bar's low, right? And maybe, maybe it has been. And, you know, I, I'm wrong. I admit it. You know, like I, I waited too long and, and they're cooked. They're cooked. And the conversations on the timeline today of like, should they trade Jimmy? Should they not? I think like dismissing them as like, that's fucking stupid is like, it's kind of fucking stupid because at some point, I think fans need to have that kind of, I don't think the organization will ever do it. I think the only way they trade Jimmy is if Jimmy comes into Riley's office and says, get me the fuck out of here. I don't think that happens. I think Jimmy probably stays here. Now, listen, never say never. <clears throat> Nothing's forever. And uh, I think if anything's, if, if the last couple years have taught us anything is that nothing in life is guaranteed. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen tomorrow. So I'm not going to say never, but I don't see it likely given the situation that we know to be true um, that they would trade Jimmy for assets and picks and try to retool around Bam very quickly. I don't think that would happen. Uh, but never say never. And I think that, you know, some fans view the game very pragmatically. I, I tweeted this today. I I'm a little bit in the middle, right? Like, obviously, like, I'm a numbers guy, and I like the metrics, and I, I like 
be objective and watch film. But I also like, you know, I, I compare Jimmy Butler to a uh, modern day basketball Hercules, right? I, I, I think if you know me, I, I love anime. One of my favorite uh, anime is, is, is the Fate series where they kind of re- rethink these historical figures that, that they fight this war. And Hercules uh, in, in this Fate anime, and please bear with me, um, he has he has like he, he has many lives, right? The, all the trials that Hercules went through. He has the nine lives of Hercules. And that's that's really what Jimmy feels like. Where like the, he, He's gone through these trials and like you cannot take him down. Like every time, you know, you think Herc's dead, right? King Arthur fucking blows a hole or cuts Hercules in half. And he just comes fucking back and he comes back and he comes back and he just does not die. And he's the last man standing. And that's really Jimmy's Jimmy's story is so Herculean. And I love watching that guy. And I love the humanity of, of him killing over, you know, the scores table or, or the fucking the, the, the damn padding in the bubble. You know, after he scores an N one layup against LeBron James, giving literally everything he fucking had on that floor to get to where he got when Bam and Goran got hurt against the Celtics. He gave everything he had. He was hurt. He missed the game that series. Don't forget. And he got hurt and he gave everything he fucking had. And he had those monster games. He had that game six that we were calling it comparable to what LeBron James did against the maybe LeBron's most legendary moment. Our most, maybe our most storied player. We are the thing he did in our uniform. We said what Jimmy did was on par with that. One of the most iconic moments of modern basketball. Maybe a legitimate turning point in the league. Maybe one of the most important games in the history of modern basketball. And we said Jimmy did a version of that. That's what that guy is. Whether you want to trade him or not, I think there's good arguments and bad arguments on both sides. I don't want to trade him because I don't want to ever give that up. And I think the Heat have been far too pragmatic for far too long. Didn't give Dwayne the contract. I wanted Dwayne to have the Kobe contract. I don't care. I wanted to watch Dwayne Wade only wear a uniform, and they did it. They nickel and fucking dimed him, and he wore a Bulls and a Cavs jersey. That's disgusting. And I don't want that to happen again. I want Jimmy to stay here and retire here, and I don't care how it ends. I will always remember this era so fondly. It wasn't the big three. Nothing will ever be the big three. They might not win another championship for another fucking decade. Maybe two. Some people go a long time never winning. And you could say that's not Miami Heat basketball, and you'd be right. Because they, they sit in their office, and they, they preach this is about winning. This isn't about a shot away from the finals. This is about parades, champagnes, confetti. That's about that. That's what this organization has always been about. Banners and trophies. Not assets. Not, not fucking last shot and almost made the finals, and you would have gotten your ass kicked by the Warriors. That's not what they preach. So while I hold that, you know, fondly, this era, you know, they should expect better, and they should do better. And that goes from down up top at Mickey Arison, you know, who is not paying luxury tax. And again, they'll probably be a tax team next year. And, you know, if they give a first-round pick to dump Duncan Robinson so that they don't have to be a tax team next year, I think that's pretty fucking abhorrent, and I think fans should be upset. I think the buck stops next year on whether you care, you care about this team or not as an owner because I, I think that if you're trading a first-round pick, now you not not only are you preventing yourself from getting better, you know, and I'm talking about like at the draft because if they trade a future first, that's absolutely abhorrent asset management because now you really can't trade picks to get better because you still owe that fucking Thunder pick that has not been conveyed yet that you had to dump Mo Harkless because you signed Tyler Johnson to a long deal that you swapped for Ryan Anderson that you waved and stretched him and you were still fucking $10 million 
too close to the hard cap. So you had to trade Hassan Whiteside to split into two contracts to trade one to the Clippers with the first round pick. So your mistakes bit you in the ass for that first round pick. And you could say, whatever, they traded Josh McRoberts, uh, they traded Josh Richardson and Hassan Whiteside in a first round pick for Jimmy Butler and Myers Leonard. And that's fine. And the organization will spin it that way. And some fans will spin it that way. But at the end of the day, that shouldn't have happened. And they have been piss poor asset management and they've been able to correct their mistakes but it's catching up to them. And as we're seeing, I think this season is a result of them kicking the can on it enough and it finally caught up to them. And next year is going to be a very telling year because they're going to be a tax team unless they get rid of Duncan's money. And if they have to attach a pick to get rid of him, that's a bad, that's a bad look. So I would be on the lookout for that. And I understand fans mad and upset. And um, I think they should be. I think this is unfair. Um, if you know from what we come to expect and I don't you know some of this is on the organization some of this is on the players too man some of you just got to play better you know like guys got to shoot better they're getting open shots they, their shot quality is good I think Spo needs to recognize that okay well we're generating open looks and, and nobody's hitting anything maybe we should try some maybe we should try some new stuff you know let's not let's not you know beat a dead horse but at the end of the day uh, maybe there's no maybe there are no other options maybe this is kind of what they are and we need to accept that you know they're just they're just not that good and Jimmy and Bam are great Tyler has been you know a guy that has taken a leap I think as a as a playmaker uh, my criticism of Tyler has always been he doesn't see the passes when they happen I think this year he kind of took that step of he started to make those reads early not see them when they're available and the second you act they close he was seeing the game early and I think Every other part of his game has regressed. And I think a part of that is environment. I think the fact that teams are really packing the paint hurt him. Can't get to his spots as well. I think he's lost a little bit of confidence in the pull-up game, which kind of opens things up. I think teams are just helping on him more. He can't naturally create separation for himself, but I think teams are just helping off Max and Gabe and, and, and Kyle and shooters more to to make his life difficult. And he's not a floor raiser. I think I think this season kind of showed us he needs conditions around him and he can excel when the conditions are right. And I, I like what Chef Truly says. This is not like a purely Tyler Hero thing. And he gives Tyler a lot of shit, but he's like, this is an everybody problem, right? This is not fair to just single out Tyler. And I agree. I think that he's played not great and they gave him the big ass extension. It's not his fault that he took an extension. It's their fault that they gave him that extension. Um, you know, always chase the bag, right? So goes down to everybody and and to jimmy's to jimmy's nights that he takes off to bam kind of being inconsistent lately on offense again um you know hopefully he gets that going for, against new york because lord knows they need him to be that guy for 82 games that's the reality of of where they are and, and maybe this sounded rambly i am no zach Lowe who can soliloquy 15 minutes before a podcast about something important i i am not that level of talented but i did feel like heat fans were owed something on the front end of a preview show of the Knicks because I wasn't going to pot today. I just said, fuck that. I don't feel like it. I barely watched the second half of that game. I'm not going to lie. And I, I don't check out of games often. I, I very rarely do. But, you know, once it it was pretty clear, I'm like, I'm not on hangover time tonight. I will watch this later. I'm going to go play uh, Melee. And I did. I played Melee and uh, I had fun. But I understand the fan base mad. I was mad. Um, I'm upset as you guys are. And I just want to, you know, I'm saying I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah. We're all wrong sometimes. And, um, that's kind of what it takes. So I want you to hopefully, you know, hope you guys keep enjoying what we do at Miami heat beat our content. Uh, I still love doing it. Even if the team's ass, I appreciate the community around it. Sorry, this is not streamed. Um, 
621 <laughs> on a Thursday and I don't think anyone's home to watch the stream. So, um, yeah. So without further ado, uh, here's the pod I did with, uh, Andrew Claudio, um, of Nick's film room. We preview heat Nick's. We talk about, um, trading Jimmy. We talk about kind of heat fans and Nick fans. And he says some crazy shit about Jalen Brunson that you won't believe the fucking shit he said about Jalen Brunson and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll be back next week with, uh, with hangover time, with heat beat and all that stuff, pregame and all, all the programming, you know, but you know, hopefully, uh, they, they kind of start, you know, winning some games. So at the very least, uh, we can have enjoyable shows, even if we know kind of who they are. So I appreciate our fan base, appreciate the city and, uh, yeah, enjoy the, uh, the content. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me now here on the Knicks Film School pregame show with the Knicks taking their talents down to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat on Friday night. I had to go back down to South Beach to get my good friend who I stumbled across one of his tweets the other day where he was drinking the haterade on the New York Knicks, the surging New York Knicks, who since the last time the two teams played each other have swapped positions in the Eastern Conference standings. Uh, the Knicks are trending up. The Heat, not so much. Let's see what Giancarlo Navas has to say about it. John, uh, Giancarlo, welcome back. How you doing today, sir? Andrew, you're, uh, you know, I got so many tweets saying I followed you after I heard you 
on Andrew's podcast because mm-hmm. you seem level-headed and I'm just noticing that you're just a big hater. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a hater first and an analyst second. Everything comes after being a hater. I am the CEO of hating the Sixers and Knicks. I think that's where we find common ground because I've taken more than my fair share of shots at not only the Miami Heat, but little brother across the river in Brooklyn. So whenever oh, yeah. I've reached out to get a Nets fan on here or a Nets personality on here, they almost have to tread lightly and be like, yeah, I went on with Claudio, even though he's been laughing at our team all season. And look, I I, I joke around that the rivalry is back, but um, I'm actually very curious how much of a rivalry this can be when one team since December 4th in the New York Knicks has the second best net rating in the NBA and the other team since the beginning of the season, the Miami heat are in the bottom seven last I checked in net rating. And look, I, I just from the few games I've watched them play um, their, their offense seems to struggle. And like we talked mostly about the Kyle Lowry struggles and some of the, the roster fit. It's all, I should also mention last time we talked was before the trade deadline. So it was yeah. like, what could happen? What might they do? And now we're past it. And the, the Heat have lost five of six last night, losing to a, a Sixers team without Joel Embiid. So I ask you once again, my friend, how are the vibes in Miami? As bad as they can be, Andrew. Mm, uh, man. People people are trading Jimmy Butler today. Uh, they're saying, not because Jimmy's bad. <laughs> not because Jimmy's bad. Because they're like, this is done. This team has run its course. We should flip Jimmy for picks and some kind of young player to as quickly as we can rebuild around Bam. So Bam doesn't leave. The Celtics are like the team that everyone's scared of that he'd go to. He's just saying, he's just saying way too many nice things about Jalen and Jason and Marcus oh, wow. Smart and um, a Missoula. He said, you know, this is a lot of stuff, you know, it's, you know, what if he fans are uneasy and uh, they want to make them happy. So they feel like, and I, I think there's, you know, I, I don't subscribe to trading Jimmy, but there is some validity to they are in cap hell. They have no way to fix it. Um, even even without Lowry or Duncan's deal, you know, they have a lot of guys like Tyler's extension is is coming up. Bam just got extended for a lot of money. Jimmy has a super max looming. Uh, Caleb is signed for another two years. Victor Oladipo has a player option next year, and he hasn't been like really great either. So they they have they have their fair share of um of problems for improving the team and, and with an ownership that it would appear that is not willing to pay the luxury tax um, unless it's a for sure, like, okay, there's going to be like a great team if I pay this kind of deal. So they're, you know, Riley and Andy Ellsberg are kind of, I kind of handcuffed with that. Um, understandably, you know, they're going to be a tax team next year uh, because of, of the extensions that kind of kick in. So I think the, the goal is to avoid the repeater tax, but Andrew vibes are <laughs> rancid, bro. They're rancid, man. Everyone's, everyone's mad. Everyone's sad. Uh, everyone hates each other. It's uh, it's not fun here. It is sunny and hot, but it's not fun. Uh, well, can't can't uh, relate there. First of yeah. all, um, Listen, uh, it was really hot today. I'll t- I'll take some New York weather right now. It was it snowed on Sunday Deal. into Monday. Mu- really? Okay. Deal. I would I would go to bro, the beach it was, it was way too hot today. It's 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 freaking March, bro. Okay. Like, yeah. You see the you see the pullover, the quarter zip I'm wearing? That's all I own right now. That's all I am allowed to wear. I haven't worn a t-shirt by itself <laughs> in, in months. I wish friend. I could wear shorts to work. I work I uh I oh. work in construction and I, I just I do job inspections. I wish I could just go in shorts, but nobody would take you seriously in shorts and a hard hat. When you're working outside, I guess that's that's where the bad bro. Let me tell you, okay. bad empathy. Beach is one right. thing. Beach is great. Outside labor, 
<laughs> fair point. Fair point. Um, okay, so then you've actually given me an on-ramp, an off-ramp, I guess. So maybe even an on-ramp to this on-ramp. conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, to the Jimmy Butler. I don't want to trade Jimmy Butler on this this pod. I don't want to make that a focal point. Just literally last night, uh, host of our, our regular pod, John Macri, and I got into it during one of our playback watch parties because we both see the state of the Miami Heat. And while we're respectfully afraid of what they might do in the playoffs, if matched up against the team because of the playoff pedigree and what Jimmy Butler becomes in the postseason, we got to talking about whether Jimmy Butler wanted to go play for an old coach of his, uh, uh, Tom Thibodeau, if that were the, the opportunity were to present itself. And my stance on this was that Pat Riley's not trading anybody to the Knicks. The two teams have made one transaction in their histories, and it was Pat Riley to the Miami Heat. For Is that the night. only one? It's the only time they've ever That's made a transaction. That's so funny. <laughs> it's that trade. The 19, I guess it was a 1997 or 1998 first-round pick. So that's it which became Walter McCarty. So it's Walter McCarty for Pat Riley is the only time the Knicks have uh, made a trade with the Miami Heat. So I'm curious, am I wrong on this, that Riley wouldn't even consider the Knicks in this? And it's, you know, would he look at Houston? If this Harden thing is real, would he, the, the, and Houston was like, all right, we're ready to contend now. Would we go sell off the, the Nets picks and some of our own for Jimmy Butler? Would there actually be a path where Riley would consider like RJ Barrett and a, another young player and picks for, for Jimmy Butler? So I'll say this about, about Pat. I mean, Pat's done deals with the Celtics and has like looked into, has talked with their front office to do deals, uh, you know, and then with Utah after he, you know, we know mm. Riley's history with Danny Ainge. Uh, as a player, as a coach, as an executive, to the point that he told them, I don't remember if I'm allowed to curse on the show or not. You're allowed to. You're allowed to. Yeah, when he said, shut the fuck up and worry about your own team, and he put it in company letterhead. I don't know if everybody remembers <laughs> that uh, back in the day. So, I mean, if Pat can can call up Danny and do deals and can do deals with the Celtics, I don't think there's anybody that he hates more. Than, oh, than, than Danny. Than okay. I think so. No, then the Celtics, just in general. Like, oh, just, just the Celtics that, in general. Just the okay. nebulous, you know, uh, c- considering the, the the battles as a player and as a coach, right? Like that, that goes deep. So um, I don't think the Knicks have, you know, the facilities for that big man, as, a, as that meme goes. <laughs> but, uh, okay. you know, they'll, they'll, they've never had to do this, uh, Andrew. T- mm-hmm. The only player that they've, the only star that ha- that they've traded that ass out was Shaq. And that was an over the hill shack and they flipped him for Marion and stuff. And Sean Marion, the time was good um, and helped Miami and stuff like that. And they, I think they clearly kind of pivoted to 2010 for that rebuild to, to have a bunch of cap space. So we've never, I don't even know what he would look for. I don't think that Pat is going to sit around for another rebuild. He's like 90 years old mm-hmm. and that's done. Like that's legitimately like, he's not gonna, he's not going to tear down, for picks. I think if he's, if they're going to, if it could go one of two ways, if they do decide at one point to rebuild and tear it down. And if Jimmy asks out, I think that what they try to do is, is kind of, kind of in a way what San Antonio, what San Antonio tried to do was trade Kawhi for like good players. Obviously the drop off between Kawhi and DeMar DeRozan is a title Mm -hmm. as we saw, but it'd be something like that. It'd be like, can I get like good players and a couple picks for 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 Jimmy, and I don't think if the Knicks have a package, then they have a package. I don't I don't look at New York's team and be like I want that. 
It's kind of like how he fans try to like, who wants Tyler Hero? And it's like, nobody. <laughs> Same with RJ Barrett. It's like, I feel like Nick fans are like, okay, well, he's like a young promising player. Who wants him? And like, the answer is kind of nobody. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think Miami kind of looks at that that way. And, and also just like, I, I think what's more valuable nowadays are picks that aren't your own, right? Because if you trade a guy over there, you know, you, they're going to be good. You want like, you know, well, a Kings pick used to be valuable, but not like a Minnesota pick or something like that. So not out of the question, Andrew, but for sure, I don't see it happening. Riley will never make that decision. That has to be like Jimmy makes a stink and wants out, which mm-hmm. I doubt. I don't I don't know if Jimmy can do that again. You don't think so? I don't know if I don't I don't know if he can. I, I don't I don't know if his reputation would let him. Maybe he's done enough to repair it, but I don't know. I don't think you remember how ugly that got in Minnesota. I do, which is why I think that's the other element of this that I'd be confused by. I have no idea what the relationship is with Tibbs and Jimmy Butler. Tibbs was forced to trade him. That was the coach and the GM at the time when when Jimmy made that stink in Minnesota. You I don't know? even know. I don't even know where he'd want to go. I mean, again, this is like incredibly hypothetical because he hasn't asked out. If anything, where he's pretty recent of like, I want to be here. I want to win a title with Jimmy with uh, with Bam and Tyler. You know, that was that was a month ago, right? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. a lot can change in a month, but. I think he's here. I think he'll retire here. I honestly think that he won't ask out. I this is a place he's had the most success. Um, they've made a finals. They were a shot away from the finals. He's had he has a, a legit two young players to to kind of grow and and kind of help bridge the gap as he ages into his supermax. And also, like, who wants to take a supermax contract? That that's like not an easy thing to move. And if you're Miami, you might just eat that instead of like having to give stuff up. Like Westbrook, people have had to give stuff up <laughs> with Westbrook and not that Jimmy's Westbrook, but like, you know, that, that's not going to look good in a couple of years. So there's that element as well. Well, thank you for entertaining that conversation with me. I, as, as someone who has had players that I've liked be talked about as like, oh, they should trade this. They should trade that. Now, granted, it's not to the extent where any of these players have led me to an NBA finals and a conference finals. Um, but Look, as far as the, the vibes in Miami are concerned, um, you you are well known as a Kyle Lowry apologist. Lifer, I, if you will. Well, look, the Kyle Lowry lifer. Wow. It's it's that deep, huh? My favorite player, man. Okay. Well, um, the fact that he's been out for a while and people have had to redirect their their uh, ire. ire and their frustration uh, at kind of everybody else on the team. Um, if you had to pinpoint a player, a coach, a, a thing that is being given the same energy that Kyle Lowry was being given during this, this stretch without Kyle, who would it be? Or what would it be? You know, uh, Andrew, it's very, he Twitter has become very agenda oriented and I haven't liked that about the fan base this year. And can I, can I, I stop you for a second? Mm-hmm. I think you could take the word heat out of that. Twitter well, probably, probably just <laughs> NBA Twitter. Yeah. Is NBA Twitter <laughs> agenda centric. And it's like, how can I cape for my guy? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, you know, like some people liked Gabe Vincent, like one of my co-hosts, she's not, nah, she doesn't do this. Siobhan Bezlo, one of like the smartest people, one of happy international women's month um, yes. or women's month. Yeah. Siobhan does a, a played and played professionally in uh, in other countries. She's like a legit Hooper knows the game. Loves Gabe Vincent, everything he brings. And it's not like Bond is like tearing Kyle down to bring Gabe up. 
But people are doing stuff like that. Like people that like Gabe Vincent will be like, Gabe has to start Cal sucks ass. And then when now they're losing with Gabe as a starter, they kind of redirect, well, why is Tyler's production really bad since the turn of the year? Or like, you know, it's never, it's never like accountability for like your own guy. Like, you know, I have to be here. I'm like, Kyle played like shit. And I have to be like, man, listen, you know, it's it's not looking good, man. You know, like my guy's a little thick coming off a hamstring injury. You know, it doesn't like, you know, sometimes you got to eat your vegetables, but there's not one guy that has like gotten it. Kyle was the easy target. Because he, because Duncan was it last year. Duncan was the guy last year that got nailed. But now Duncan's out of the rotation, so you can't really blame him. Uh, and then Kyle was the guy playing with the bloated contract and not playing well. And everybody was just mad at him. And then all his lineup data was bad. Now Gabe's lineup data is like going to hell because like he's obviously not like a real starting point guard in the NBA. And now everyone's like kind of confused. And it's just like some people are like, well, Oladipo has been bad. Other people are like, I told you Gabe sucks. Other people's like, why is Max skating? Max Struess. Other people are like, you know, Bam hasn't been the same guy the lot since All-Star break. So everybody is like all over the place in kind of like their own little, little, little take hill. And uh, that's kind of what it's like right now, which is why the vibes are so rancid. I can imagine this not obviously not same one to one comparisons here, but it's like two years ago when the Knicks had that four seed season, right? Alfred yeah. Payton started the majority of the games and no one could understand it. It was just like a thing Tibbs was comfortable with. He would end up sitting the rest of the, the like basically Derek Rose would come in with like eight minutes left with like two minutes left in the f- first quarter and then sit the rest of the first half. Then he'd come in with four minutes left in the third quarter and play the rest of the second half. And it was like, this is this is a 17 minute player that you refuse to sit, and the lineup data says he's been so detrimental in those 17 minutes that every time Derrick Rose comes in, it's to play from behind with this bench unit, and everybody directed their ire and hatred at Alfred Payton to the point where I actually felt bad for him. And then the following season with Payton gone, those problems still existed, and Randall started missing his long twos, and Tibbs still had the same rigid rigidity with his rotations. And everybody got made to be the scapegoat. And I think this season, what's been different is all of those things that start to be fixed to an extent. But I can understand that like when there's one big scapegoat that everybody's directing their attention at, once that's gone and you have to and the problem still exists, you then have to, you know, find something else to to identify. Um, I wonder. And listen, this is as somebody who hasn't been able to actually watch the Heat yet with Kevin Love. I wonder where Kevin Love would fall on that. So fill me in. What does Kevin Love look like in the first couple of games with the Miami Heat? I think I I mean it's I think it's too early to to either give him criticism or praise, but I've liked really the guy that I think everyone's super on board with is Cody Zeller. Mm. Um kind of Miami's backup center situation has been a disaster. Hey, you're you're saying that the that. last time you're here, yeah. He's guy that is legit look good, stabilize them, is an NBA player, doesn't, you know, I mean, doesn't ruin things like Deadman did or, or like, you know, poor Orlando Robinson is who's a little too green for that. But everybody's like, everybody's really like Cody Zeller, I think, pretty universally. Kevin has been, I think, I think mostly positive. I think, you know, he, I think you saw the upside against Philly on the road, not, not this game that they, that they lost by, by a million points, but, they were on the road. I think you kind of saw a guy that can play, make space the floor, give you hit ahead passes, especially the way that Miami forces turnovers. You know, you want a guy like that who can kind of get guys in stride, make, make these smart basketball plays. There was, um, 
there was one play that he made that he so they play him very high up at the level of the pick and roll on defense, mm-hmm. similar to how Denver uses Jokic, right? Mm-hmm. They'll Miami will blitz sometimes, but they just like playing Kevin really high up, and they really want to force a turnover. They press hard, and they don't want him in a drop to give up more threes because they already give up enough threes. They go on Harden. It's him and Caleb Martin, and Kevin jumps a gap and forces a turnover, and Kevin has such great hands, is able to kind of get the turnover, get the ball and get Caleb Martin in stride for a dunk. And it's just little things like that. It's it's not even the forcing of the turnover. It's the being able to get the ball of it not going out of bounds and then give like a one-handed pass in, in like one motion to Caleb to kind of score as defenses are like racing to get back. And you, you know, those two points he basically secured. And it's little things like that that they just haven't had Gives them a pick and pop element as well. Mm. They haven't explored it too much. He's still standing in the corner some, which they've needed. Gives them a little pump and go, which again, they just haven't had any of this, this kind of dynamic. So I like him. I think most people are just kind of like whatever, or they like him. It's not one way or the other yet, but uh, I, for sure, he breeds a little bit of life, him and Zeller, into what felt very stale. So I want to be transparent here. I got cleaning the glass, the heat lineup data in front of me. They're on off stats. And I guess I read the wrong line. I had the Deadman stat, which is why I was asking if any ire had been pointed at a. Uh, He's bad. At, that Deadman's bad. Yeah, minus fifteen in his in his three hundred and fifty minutes. What I should have read was in the ninety three minutes with Kevin Love that cleaning the glasses track, plus eighteen and a half. So that actually would lead to your point that he actually has been a positive in the the minutes that he's played so far with Miami this season. Um, were you a you were a fan of the trade of the acquiring him when they when when they despite the fact that Cleveland had taken him out of the rotation, you were like, this is still somebody that could be useful. Yeah. You know, what's funny about Kevin is that he and Bam together are minus 20 per hundred possessions, mm. but love without Bam is plus 18. Really? It's plus 16, 68. Excuse me. Plus 68, 68 oh. net rating. Oh, oh, net rating for hundred possessions for hundred possessions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of funny how the starters together haven't, haven't looked like super great, but um, I don't know. I, I like him. I, I think I, I was happy. I, I think they needed, I think they needed a change. I think they needed something new. They, it felt stale. You could tell that they all thought it was stale. And I thought he was a different enough kind of player to give them the dynamic that they needed. So I was, I was a fan. I mean, it was also like the best move that they could have made. Like, I don't think Nerlens Noel changes your life. Or, or whatever, like, you know, I just, I think Zeller and Love were like the two correct moves to make. And they traded, they traded Deadman with the second round pick to make the cap space to do that so that they can get under the tax, not the cap space, but to get under the tax. So not the most exciting thing in the world, but certainly. No, but I, listen, you're coming from, Nick, you're talking to someone in Nick's land where like, how many minutes Jericho Sims plays is like some of the more. He played well against Miami. I, I remember, no, I remember you were just like, I don't know about this guy. And I'm like, I was watching. And I was like, fucking Andrew, bro. Yeah. Well, so he, he's a second year player that was taken 57th overall. So he's going to have moments. He's clearly earned a rotation. Spot. I felt bamboozled. I was like, I can't believe Andrew just sat there and lied to me like a sucker. This all, is all, the, all, these... all his whole, whole audience is like, ah, look at this guy. Believe in him. Uh-huh. Listen, here's the thing about the Jericho Simses of the world, the Deuce McBrides of the world. The Knicks have found something, guys that can play in NBA rotations in the second round, which is like value in the margin. So the teams do, right? They are also second round picks. So there is going to be, there's going to be a game like you saw where 
he looked great and was a, an impact on winning. Then there are other games where you're reminded why he was taken 57th overall or 58th overall, one of the last four picks. Um, Mitchell Robinson is back, though, and Simmons is out of the rotation. And since Josh Hart came, Deuce McBride is out of the rotation, although Mitch was a second round pick. So that's another found value in, in the late in the draft. With the positivity that you seem to be seeing with the two new additions, Zeller and Kevin Love, and with, look, I, I saw you, you, you tweet earlier about anybody. They're, they're, by the way, they're one in three since the deadline. They so are, but can't, can't be too positive. The, the lineup data, there's inklings of a positive upswing on the horizon, right? So this is me trying to make some lemonade. Don't worry. Um, yeah. With, the, with the, the chance of positivity, where are you right now? Do you think there is another run in this team? You're 33 and 30 in the play-in. Do you see another run up? I, I was mentioning that on Twitter earlier today. You, I don't know who was saying this, but they'd rather have Randall over Jimmy Butler. And I just want to personally say I, I've been very happy with how Julius Randall has played this season. I am not part of that. Like, don't associate. I'm, I'm just not in that camp. I, well, that was I think, that was in response to Zach Lowe because oh, I didn't hear this. What do you say? He didn't say the Randall thing specifically, but he was like. He just thought New York was better than Miami. And I'm like, oh, Miami's going through a bit of a downswing right now. Like, you mm-hmm. know, they're, 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 you know, this is the worst stretch of, of their season right now. And then New York's kind of playing well. But I, I think, Andrew, I mean, if we're, let's, if we're being real, like if Miami and New York were to play in a seven game series, like I, I think we know how this ends. I got to be honest with you. I, I'd take the Knicks in that series. I, I think you're crazy. Right I, I the think way the Knicks are playing right now, Miami it's, hard, two, it's hard not Miami to. Miami has the two best players in the series, you know, by far. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not a big it, Randall it, guy. And it's I, not the Randall thing I'm talking about. Jalen, Jalen, Jalen Brunson. Thing Jalen right Brunson's now. Jalen Brunson's cute, but the player of the month, Jalen Brunson. Oh He's wow, his full name. Excuse Remember me. when the Atlanta Hawks, all of them were player of the month? I oh yeah, all five of them. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what that award means to me. Um, okay, but no, I mean, I was just like, I mean, we see what Jimmy can do in the playoffs. You know, when when he you can lock in and key on a guy. You know, it's kind of funny for me to come and sit here after whatever the fuck happened yesterday. Uh, it's, you know, kind of egg on my face. And I think New Yorkers have every right to be like, who's this fat fuck? And he's an idiot and make fun of me because oh. you know, I can't come on here after <laughs> they have. I talk shit and I can't come on after that. I, I can't look at the camera with a straight face and be like, yeah, bro, we're better than you. I uh-huh. mean, probably not right now. I, mean, I don't know. But I do think so. Miami has these games against New York coming up. They have they have three more. Um, this Friday game is huge, you know. If you're a good team, you win this game. And I think from mm-hmm. both sides too. I think if, if you're if New York's a good team, they win this game, right? Uh, and if Miami's a good team, they fucking win this game. You just got punked at home. Uh, this game's in Miami, I believe. And you know, you, you just got punked at home by a team without their without their MVP. You know, you had a really good show, and you thought that okay, we figured something out. And this team's coming in. You need this game if you want to get out of the plan. Brooklyn's kind of in free fall right now, but I think you want this game against the Knicks. I think ideally you want to get to five. And I think there's a path for Miami to get to five. And it starts with beating this team. If they lose this game. It's, it's a wrap. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
They're yeah, probably, they would put them four, but four and a half behind. They would be, they'd be a play-in yeah. or at best six, and without the tiebreaker against Brooklyn. So you you need this game, and a good team goes in and wins that game. Now, Andrew, my my relationship with this team changed when they went into Dallas a couple months ago, and they lost. They had they had put together a stretch where I'm like, okay, they're finally playing well. Look at that. They have a bunch of wins, a couple really good home wins against good teams sprinkled in there. You're going on the road on national TV against one of the MVP like front runners in Luka Doncic. And you're going into a team with kind of on a similar, similar tier as you, you have a similar record. They have a better player You're going into their home court. You know, you got to win that game and good teams win that game. They lost by like 35. Mm. And I'm like, um, that kind of showed me who they are. Um, I do think they're better than New York only because their really? top end talents better. And I think that New York as a roster has like, they just have a more complete team because Miami really is fielding a bunch of undrafted guys. And you might say, Oh, what a story Miami finds. He fans are sick of that shit. And they're, they're undrafted for a reason. And I think they kind of show you why. So obviously Jimmy, Jimmy changes the dynamic of a series. You know, I, I think we've seen, you know, very inadequate heat teams uh, in terms of kind of talent, what he's done with them, you know, he and Bam. But I think in a series against New York, I think that, you know, especially Bam has done a great job on Randall. Um, I think they have enough defenders at the point of attack for, for, for Jalen Brunson. And I think they don't, I don't know if New York really has good answers for Jimmy Butler. I know like sometimes it's like RJ Barrett and like, that doesn't like mm. move me in any way. And I think that their big rotation is a little suspect as well. Now Miami shooting has just been non-existent. So I think New York can get away with the drop. Whereas, you know, last year that was just not an option against this team. You could not drop because they had so many drop killers, whether it's off handoffs, whether it's off pick and roll, whether it's off any kind of inverted action that they love to run on the perimeter. Uh, you know, they would absolutely, that's why they were always so good against the Bucks, even, even prior to them making the finals, because they just loved that kind of coverage. Mm-hmm. And now, and I know New York runs a ton of that with their bigs. They don't have that element anymore. So it kind of lets the Knicks get away with a lot more on defense and playing. I think guys that could get picked on more. Yeah. I, um, I gotta be honest. It's, it's tough for me to have this conversation rationally because of how the Knicks have played lately. Of um, I, I do not know what this team losing with Josh Hart looks like. And I'm not even trying to say he's the thing that has made them. But you know, you know man, sometimes seven, be this, be this juggernaut. However, just takes one guy to put everything into place for things that's to make it. sense. That's exactly it. Every single person has fallen into place. They finally found a closing lineup that I don't, everybody on the court. I trust RJ hasn't been closing games. Um, Quentin Grimes hasn't been closing games. And that's honestly, love not, Grimes. that's not an indictment on Grimes or on RJ. It's, and in a a a credit to what Josh Hart brings and what Emmanuel Quickly, who in my opinion is the sixth man of the year, should be uh, and have been should be and have been this season. So I'm at the point where, look, you're right. If the Knicks are as advertised, they'll go into Miami and win this game. It's funny you mentioned the drop coverage being like okay to play against Miami because look, if Miami decides that night like we're going to be hot from three then it might actually be like a, a, a game the Knicks struggle in because that uh, it plays right into the Knicks' strengths, how poorly the Heat shoot. The Heat and how much zone they play, 
had been a Knicks Achilles heel. That's how you played Deuce McBride off the court or these like Obi Taba when he's having an off night or um, when they were going with the Jericho Sims, Isaiah Hartenstein, uh, Deuce McBride, uh, three, three of those guys on the court at once in the second unit, teams will switch to a zone and they just like had no answer for it. Since acquiring Josh Hart, they have many answers for it. And Tibbs is staggering much more. And so I wonder if the zone is going to be as effective as it was the first time they played each other. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious if, if the Knicks are as advertised and ha- are actually a new team. And this thing is real. If they can go, this would be a statement win going into Miami and taking on a team that uh, is like you said, competing with them in this same little, little cluster. Are they still in that cluster? Or are the Knicks headed more to a four seed, you know? Oh, four seed is uh, that's uh, that's uh, quite lofty. They are a, they are a half game behind. They are a game and a half behind the Cleveland Cavaliers, sir. Is it like that? They are one game in the loss column behind the Cleveland Cavaliers. That is crazy. Good for you yeah. guys. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to be like Cleveland went on like a run. Yeah, they well they had a winning streak right before the All Star break, and yeah. then they well, lost. Now they're six and four. Yeah, New York Times. Yeah, and then uh, this I is see. why it's it's tough to have this rationally. Knicks fans, there's some being like. So what does Philly have to do in order for us to get the three seed? Now I'm not there. I think the four seed is absolutely. You don't play. think that New York's you, I mean, New York's not going to play at a nine and one pace to end the season. You know what I mean? Like they're going to come down to earth. So how do I know that they're on a 54 win pace since, since December 4th. I'll tell you, let me tell you a little something about hearts numbers. Cause I was just looking at them cause they were mm-hmm. a little jarring. Uh, when he's on the court, the Knicks are plus 26 net it's rating ridiculous. for hundred yeah. possessions. Yeah. 134 offensive rating. The thing that I look at is, you know, opponent three point percentage is twenty nine percent. That is a little random. Mm-hmm. And so before that, it's it's about thirty five about thirty six percent. You know, it's tw- the twenty nine percent. I think that will come to earth a bit. They're shooting forty forty two percent, forty one ish percent uh, from three themselves, as opposed to thirty four without Josh Hart. So basically, before Josh Hart got there, they were thirty four percent, almost thirty five percent from three. Pretty bad. And, and to become, go a step further, when he showed up, he was like a 32% three-point shooter. Yeah. And he's been Clay Thompson since then, since he's since being here. I don't think he's that. I do think a regression is coming. I also think he has other ways to beat you than being Clay For Thompson, sure. I'm just you know? I'm looking at like how real, how real is that? How sustainable? Not how real. I don't want to, I don't want to do that to, to mm-hmm. uh I want to I want to be impartial here, but how sustainable is kind of the play that they're doing. And I look at okay, well, you know, I think opponents will shoot a little bit better from three. And I think that they will probably shoot a little bit worse because they 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 don't become the best three point shooting team because Josh Hart arrives. They're kind of going through a hot stretch, um, so that's kind of where I'd be with them. You know, so let me let me counterpoint the game on Monday against Boston. Now, granted, Boston didn't have Jalen Brown, although you're a numbers guy. The advanced stats on Jalen Brown do not like him, and the the on off also doesn't like him either. Not saying that that's not a, a factor in why the Knicks won that game. But in that game, Boston made an effort to play zone and to switch and to double Jalen Brunson as often as possible and double Julius Randle as often as possible. Brunson, Randle, RJ all had off night shooting and the Knicks still won by 15. We're up by double digits the entire game. And, oh, for sure. and that's dope. that's the game that I was like, oh, maybe this is more sustainable than I thought, because that was the off night we were all waiting for to see how they respond. And against the best team in the NBA, record-wise, they responded extremely well. So that's where... I don't know. You're right, though. I am very curious against the Miami Heat team that you, you have the chance to put a nail in a coffin here. They do. You go into Miami and do it. And that will will tell me a lot. 
I don't know. know. I don't know the. I don't know the Knicks' road record. Are they a good road? One team? of the best in the NBA. They have the second most road wins in the NBA. Fascinating. Okay. Well, yeah. So you know, he'd have a. They're nineteen and eleven at home. So whatever. The Knicks are only nineteen and fifteen at home. That's funny. Are they better on the road? So they are, yes, they are better, better on the road. That's so I, funny. Again, second most road wins in the NBA. It was actually a problem for a while that they could. Yeah, yeah. Win well, that's home. usually kind of the knock on teams like that, like especially know, like, with the Garden. Everybody wants to come in and put on a show. You know. Yeah, yeah, that must so. suck for you guys. No, I mean <laughs> a it little does, bit. We're starting not, to get the the Saturday night bump. Like uh, who they play this weekend? Well, they played New Orleans on Saturday night, and it by the second quarter, I took for we do a, a, a betting segment called Betting and Sweating. Shout out Paul Clyde Frazier. Um, and I, I took an alternate line. It was like, I'll take Knicks minus 10 and a half. Like this, there's no way this is a close game. Like I, I've, I've talked to, to Mason Ginsburg, uh, who covers the, the yeah, Pelicans Mason. and he was like, yeah, this, this is not a good Pelicans team team. This is the, the you might look at their Pythagorean yeah. Zion left. You literally just have to look at January 2nd when Zion went down They're the fourth worst team in the NBA. I know that they've had other injuries, but it's crazy. It's yeah. like, they just poof knows that. Yeah. But yeah. So. Um, well, I, I was gonna, this is usually when I give my, my guest the floor to see if he has questions or if they have any thoughts about the Knicks, but I think I know most of your thoughts about the Knicks. Do you have any, like, how much have you paid attention to this winning streak and what they've been since the break? Or, I mean, I knew, I know Zach Lowe again, made a take and you reacted to it, but you know, how are you feeling about New York coming into this game on Friday? Listen, they have... You know, they've had some cute little results. I mean, cute little results. I, I can't like, you know, okay. Like they, you know, they, they beat Miami. I think that started the streak, didn't it? Uh, That was, that was, uh, no, because no, so they, they lost to the Clippers right after. Right, that, yeah. right. Yeah. They, they, you know, they have a Philly win, you know, where Embiid played, you know, mm-hmm. and Harden. Uh, yeah, the two of that those. Clipper game, by the way, they was close. Tomb hit a three to tie it to yeah, send it, it into overtime. They're a rebound away from being, I believe it's, 12 and 12 and one in their last 13. So in this, in this stretch, you have two Philly wins and a Boston win without Jalen. Um, so, you know, some bad teams, Atlanta, you know, the Pelicans, Washington, Brooklyn, Utah, which has kind of really taken a hit Orlando, mm-hmm. Orlando, which is a sneaky hard team to beat up by the they way. Uh, I think, I think like a win December against Orlando. Yeah. I think people kind of look at that and yawn, but I think that's a good team. And I think that, they don't have the NBA experience, but that's not a game that you can just roll over. Like you can't, you can't sleepwalk through that game. And that, that sounds so lame to say, but it's, it's real. Like I, I give, I actually give the Knicks credit for that one, probably mm-hmm. more than the Atlanta game. Like I, to me, that's a more impressive win. Yeah. Um, they, they kind of put the nail in Nate McMillan that night. They, they went into Atlanta on the yeah. next game. Next, then that was the last game before the break. And then he got fired in, in four days, you know? So a bit of like, a, you know, I think a, a pretty normal NBA schedule. I don't think it's overly soft or, or overly difficult. I think it's like kind of an NBA schedule, right? It's not like a mm-hmm. crazy stretch. But like, again, a, a win against Brooklyn, I, I think, is is important, you know, as your rival and stuff like that. And Atlanta team kind of around you know, one of your peers, right? You know, technically, like kind of in standing way. So I I don't believe in them long term. I, I think... Mm. I don't think they're. I also don't think they're really built for the postseason. I, I don't like Jalen Brunson. I'm not really like too. Really? Him. Yeah. I'm not what do you, what don't you like? I'm not like a fan of him defensively. I, I think that he's. I think he's a good player. Like I don't think he's bad, but I just. I I I'm okay with not having him, and I think that he's a regular season guy. 
I think you kind of saw his deficiencies in the playoffs last season. I think um, Donovan Mitchell saw his uh, efficiencies in the was, playoffs last he, season. He played well that series, but I, I think when it kind of counted, you kind of saw that fell apart a little bit. On they won the track. series. The only no, that, series that, they lost was the, the No, I know the series, series after that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Two he played series, well. They beat Phoenix. Yeah, he played well. Okay. And I thought after that, it kind of got exposed a little bit for him. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think he, I think he's like a tier three star kind of guy. Not mm-hmm. like that all NBA guy. I don't think he's like really in that all-star, you know, he's kind of like, don't lesser. think he's in that all-star. Now I, Knicks fans are coming after you. Probably. I mean, going to come after you. That's fine. They can come after me. Like there's a ton of really good players in the league. Like Jimmy didn't make the all-star team this year. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to make the all Hard to make the All Star team. That, that was that was a I game. Mean, he would have been a an Harden. Yeah, the games. I kind of thought that was bullshit because tons of guys who made the All Star team had like Jimmy had more games with them. But I think that just got that narrative got out of control, and I don't think people looked. But regardless, uh, and I think that they don't want to give the Heat to All Star. Just I understand, and I think Bam deserved it more than Jimmy at the time. I thought Jimmy was probably a impact metrics like Jimmy more, but I, I thought Bam deserved it just as an overall thing. So I'm not mad mm-hmm. at him not making it. I think he should have made it, but I also understand the two all-stars thing. I think that he just fucking suck. And I think those <laughs> are the only two like NBA players at times because hero is another guy that's always hurt. But yeah, I think Brunson's a good player. And like, I don't, I don't want to make this like, cause I don't, you know, I'll, I'm a, listen, I'll be a hater on Twitter and I'll do the whole rah-rah performance thing. But you know, I also want to, I also want to keep it real and I'm on your show and I, you know, I respect you a ton, but, I I I think Brunson's a good player. I think that that's a great signing for New York. By the way, I, I think that that was it was one of the best signings of the offseason. I think he's exactly what they needed. I think it's he's in a great situation for him where he can kind of do what he does best and he can help a team win. And he's obviously impacting winning. He's not like doing this for fucking Charlotte, right? He's doing this for a team that is like one game that is competing for like a playoff spot. Like he's at twenty almost twenty four a game. Um, not turning the ball over a lot. He only has two turnovers a game for kind of how much he handles, which is like pretty good. And he's shooting the ball well too. So all that stuff, like he's good. He doesn't, he's not a bad defender. I do think he has like some problems, but I I think he's good. I just, he's not at that. He's not that kind of floor raiser, you know? And I was talking about this with my co-host today about like, you know, like Jimmy's like a tier 1.5 kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like he's not like, you know, he's not like one of the MVP candidates, but he's like a really good player, right? He's going to be in that all NBA conversation almost every year, but he's also not like in the, the second star kind of tier with like Jalen Brown and, and guys like that. You know what I mean? Like he's like, he's like a step above them, but like below the Tatum's the Jokic, you know what I mean? Kind of that, like kind of like that middle area. I think like Devin Booker's a guy that's like best player on a team, not really an MVP candidate, but like can lead your team to like set playoff success. I kind of think that that's like where those guys are. And I, I think I'm I, realizing I, now what you meant by tier three, and I, it doesn't sound as crazy. If, yeah, if, if the way you're doing the rent, the and, and I, I yeah. want to be fair to Jalen, and I want to be fair to the players because I know all these guys like play hard, work their ass off. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like if I'm if I'm doing like my fantasy tier thing, you know, be like those MVP guys and that tier one point five, Paul George, Jimmy, Damian Lillard, right, uh, mm-hmm. Devin Booker. Then you have like the second star guys, right, like Jalen Brown. Raptor fans would hate me for putting Pascal Siakam here. But, you know, like guys like Siakam and, and like kind of those kinds of players. Mm-hmm. And then and then you kind of have your other guys like your Randalls, your Brunsons, right? Like those kind of fringe all-star guys that are not like, okay, like this guy, like the, the guys you write in pencil, not pen, you know, in your conversation kind of way. Um, 
you know, so I don't want to be disrespectful to, 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 to you know, <laughs> on the donut, on the timeline, I will be though. I'll on be, the timeline, on the yes. timeline Hater for your first. audience. Yeah. I will be professional on a show because Andrew is great at what he does. And you guys should listen, <laughs> subscribe. If you're on Apple, give, give Andrew a review. You yes. know, that five stars goes a long way. Help, help my, help my guy out. But on the timeline, it's all slander all day. That arena smells like urine and rats oh, munching on the carpet. You know uh, it smells bad, Andrew. Don't lie to me. You've been there. We've all been there. We've all been there. I love New York City. New York City, one of the greatest places on earth. Uh-huh. It's amazing. That arena smells like a dump. I think it's gotten. I, listen, I'm not going to. I don't like touching stuff defending. in there. I feel like a it's, COVID variant comes out oh, of that building every time there's a game. And yet, the entire league looks forward to going there every time. They, they, this shows by the it's because the ceiling is that the, the ceiling's nice. That ceiling they tricked yep. you guys and the organ guy who's better awesome. than the Sistine Chapel. That ceiling, yeah, you know um, what I mean. It's yeah. Uh, I uh, I don't know what to respond to first. Um, the I think Jalen Brunson is in that second tier. I think he's a second star. You think um, he's like? You think he's like in the Jalen Brown? I would take him above Jalen Brown. That's yeah. I, that at this point, that's I, dude. You're an you're an impact metrics guy. Like the the numbers hate Jalen Brown this season. The on off metric. Now I, I will say the I'm not a huge Jalen Brown guy either. Mm-hmm. But I would take. Uh, listen, I, maybe call me a homer if you want. What I you would talk about a floor raiser where the Knicks were last year and where the Knicks are this year. The big difference. Is Jalen Brunson hard apparently? Well, I would say it's Jalen Brunson, but you, you might be on to something that his college teammate Josh Hart might actually have something to do with it. However, um, Julius Randle made the All Star team because the Knicks acquired Jalen Brunson, and Randle didn't have to do everything. And there's more gravity on the other side of the court instead of solely focusing on him. Okay, I'm, um, I'm gonna, can I ask? Then can you ask? go to his clutch stats, and it's just it's night and day. It's only Darren Fox more clutch points. Yeah, what's up? Okay, so would you take Brunson over De'Aaron Fox? Not not who you want on the Knicks, but who do you think's better? Who do I think's better? Yeah. I think it's about the same at this point this year. Do you think Brunson or Carl Anthony Towns? Oh, give me uh, there's a there's a non calculatable, if that's a word, uh dog in him. Uh D I H? Dog? Yeah, there's that stat that I would rather have. That has negative DIH. I don't know. Yes, very much so. While I am like empathetic to what he's been through over the past couple of years, like especially through COVID. Yeah, shout um, out. I would rather build a team around Jalen Brunson than Carlton Towns, especially since I've seen a team. I think that's crazy, but Jalen Brunson. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. But I will say, I will say, Jalen Brunson in a series against Donovan Mitchell, I will get his points. As Trey Young, last year in the Trey Young or, or Jalen Brunson? That's I can't answer that question. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot who I forgot. Yeah. We'll skip that. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Beal or Jalen Brunson? I don't think no. I think Bradley Beal's Jalen Brunson. This yeah. at this point in their careers, Jalen Brunson, yeah. Pascal Siakam or Jalen Brunson? Uh, Pascal Siakam. But that's that's a different shy. I, I, the or the height Brunson. of Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. <sighs> Come on, bro. Probably probably SGA. Come on. There's something to what Jalen Brunson has done for the see. Here's the, the thing I'm trying to do in my head is if the Knicks had traded for C, uh, SGA before the season, instead of acquiring Jalen Brunson, would I have the same feelings I have right now for Jalen Brunson? Yeah, as you'd I probably be saying SGA you know, should be MVP. I probably would he's be so be fucking good, which is why I'd, I'd probably lean SGA. But my point is, it's it's not like it's the way Paul George this season. Paul George. Here's where I'm going to really upset you. Give me Jalen Brunson. 
I'm not risking. I'm not spent because well, I'm also factoring in the contract and the age and how. I'm much. just asking who's better. I just want to know who's better. I don't want contract. But there's age. more to that conversation than just like availability matters. He's missed two games. Availability is fine if you want to include availability. Yeah. that's totally fair. But I just mean this year, regardless of contract, who you think is better. Um, and you've already said he's better than Jimmy and Bam. So I would say he's better than Jimmy and Bam. I do think. It's, you did the playoff argument there. They have the best two players, and you said I, no. And so you I think, think Jalen Brunson would be at the end of that series. We'd be like, "Wow, Jalen Brunson led the Knicks to a victory over the Heat." Like that's where I think that's that's how I think that series would go. I think so. so you, have roster, roster, so you have him roster. You have him. You know, I'm not, I won't yes, put words in your mouth. Than, I won't put words in your mouth. <laughs> Is he better than Bam? Bam's really good. That's a tough part. Um, Bam's put it together on offense too. And that's the thing that we noticed the last time they played each other is like, oh, this is Kevin Garnett down the stretch. Got it. So we call him a Dree. We call him a Dree Garnett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of uh, unstoppable down the stretch. Um, I, I think they're all in the same tier. I think Randall, like, what a it's, cop out. It's what less a of a cop out. Because I don't think it matters if the Heat have the two best players in this sense. Because I just wanted to know where you're seven, at with Jalen you know? Brunson. I wanted to pinpoint. I think he should make an all NBA team. That's where I am right now. I think he's the most improved player guard? of the year. Yes. I think he's the most improved player Steph, of the year. Steph Luca. I think he's the, well, it helps that he's the, uh, Steph, get out of here with the games played, by the way. Um, Steph, Steph, Luca. Then you have um, like Booker, Shy. Uh, games played matters, especially since SGA is about to miss the rest of the season because Sam Presti hates when his players play games. That's, that is funny. You know, um, hard. Name uh, I'm going back to games played, uh, especially Harden, since no. the Knicks are about to catch the Sixers in the standings. Well, Harden, Harden, Harden's been Harden's been available. He started off slow, but he's been available ever since. And he's been very good, and then Pac-Man. he has been very good. It's, that's why it's tough to to split hairs here. So he's not like James Harden, but he's you know he's been very he's been some sort of facsimile of of himself. Mm-hmm. No, I was I just wanted to get where your head was at with Jalen Brunson. See where Nick fans feel about him. Um, I think that's crazy, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy that y'all have a guy to be crazy. <laughs> I'm happy for, for you. <laughs> I'm happy, <laughs> I, you know, as a peer, as uh-huh. someone I respect in the industry, I'm happy that you have this. I am very happy as well that uh, you don't have this, and you, that you're uh, you guys are way happy that are, we are are trending the other direction. I will well. say this though: if the Heat were having the season the Knicks were having, Heat fans would be still oh fucking God. pissed. Oh really? They'd be pissed. They'd say if like the this Heat a, were thirty-seven and thirty-seven. They say this and, is a fucking this is pitiful and an embarrassment. We should be a top three seed. I think that if they, I think if they had the season New York had, maybe if they traded for like a Josh Hart, they might talk themselves into it. But I, I think this is, I think, I mean, we've talked about this like on our show and mm-hmm. on Twitter. The Nick, Nick fans are celebrating what he fans would call a failure of a season. So that's the nuts part, especially since the context of what the Knicks have been since uh, December fourth. Does, I like, think that it changes they, what the season looks like. I think that the Knicks, even if they have regular season success, I think that we know that they don't have championship equity. Championship I, equity is different than playoff run equity. I think that's the the hairs that we're. I don't think here. they can win two series. I, I don't think they can either. I'm not. I don't think they that. can. Think and they for can the one. record, yeah. I don't think Miami can either. Like I yeah. don't want to come off as like some dumbass homer. Like I've been saying on my pod, I was like, if the Heat can win a series and they can only win series against. I think the Sixers and the Cavs. And the only reason I picked the Cavs is because they might get like hit with like playoff inexperience because a lot of those guys have never been in that situation and all the Heat guys have. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly, because I just like like the matchup, and I know that's funny saying what I what happened the other day, but <laughs> let's. I also saw what happened in Philadelphia, and I've seen this team do that to beat a lot. So, uh, and I wouldn't even pick them in either of those series. By the way, I would pick the other teams, but I think that if there is a scenario, but I think New York is like they need the correct first round matchup, like Miami does, and I just don't see them going. I don't think they can win another one, and that is where he fans are mad because I think we all know the reality of this ends best case scenario best case scenario in round two and that's a fucking failure for what this should have been so then and Nick that's fans the, yeah are, that's yeah. the difference yeah and they're throwing yeah. confetti rightfully so because yeah. and not to i so badly want to shit on them but i'm on your show and i also like i'm like i you know, i want to be serious i want to be impossible to they've been the best team in the nba for the past like three months it's felt like well no know? i also it's like they should fans should be excited and happy because mm-hmm. the Knicks haven't done anything in a long time, they have like one playoff series win yep. in like 25 years or some shit, right? So it's like that that matters, bro. Like yeah. that, like they have like I think Nick fans have like something legit, like wow, our team's like competent, it's good, it's like you know, winning games against good opponents, we're winning road games, right? Like we have like two guys that like whether I think about Jalen Brunson or not, like whatever I think is relevant, he's a guy that like New Yorkers can fucking get behind. They're like, I love that guy. Oh, yeah. That fucking guy is better than your guy. And you believe it. And that matters. Like at the end of the day, like this is sports and we're supposed to have fun and enjoy it. it, it and it was my thing with the Jimmy trading Jimmy thing. It's like, yeah, like we can be pragmatic about sports and be like, yeah, probably like this has run its course and they probably can't win a title given their cap sense, like given their cap and all that stuff. But you know, I don't want to be pragmatic about the things I love. And like, I get to watch like legitimate, like basketball Hercules every night, like do this, like true, like, like, you know, this, this fire of the human spirit kind of thing. And I don't want to get rid of that. And I think for New Yorkers, it's the same thing. Like, man, it doesn't matter. Like if we just like flame out in the second round, like you guys have like something to be happy and proud of. And I don't think as much as I want to shit on it and I will on the timeline, don't tell anybody, but you know, and like, you know, in, a, in, a, in an honest setting, I, I think that you should be happy and proud. So let me, let me wrap up with this because I have some experience with this as a Mets fan that, <laughs> Oh boy. Like, well, just like the Mets having a great season that ends in the, the, let's say the NLCS is looked at as like, wasn't that one of the more fun seasons we've ever watched? And you go across town to the Bronx and a loss in the NLCS requires you to fire everybody, you know, 30 games up in 500 over 500 in September. And every Yankee fan is miserable because fill in the blank. And I think there's some of that with what you're saying that the heat would be miserable if they were 37 and 27, even playing as well as the Knicks are right now, which is trending upwards um, with a path to the four seed. Right. Um, That I think because you've experienced playoff success, the, the regular season doesn't matter as much. Or coming right. off playoffs. Well, itself. coming off of a first of a, a one seed and a, a three pointer away from making the finals. I get it. And this is where I think you're right in that Knicks fans don't know how to behave right now. So there is some <laughs> Eastern Conference finals like here we come stuff going on. What I said to somebody last night was like, I think this this team's ceiling is a competitive first round with a chance of them to overachieve. Whereas like, if you go back to the, you go back to the, the 2013 team with mellow, they were two seed won 54 games. My thought was like, their ceiling is the conference finals and losing to the heat. And they underachieved. They lost in the second round to the Pacers. Right. So 
those are the differences. This team is clearly trending upward. The oldest player in the rotation is 28. Whatever tier you have, Jalen Brunson and uh, Julius Randle. 28? Randle is 28 years old. Holy Yes, shit. Josh Hart turns 28 next Monday. 28 or 27 next Monday. That's the that? thing. They, they you know pivoted away from the, the Derrick Roses and the, the Evan Fournier's and the Taj Gibson's and the Alec Burks's of the world. And this is a young team with controllable contracts that might be able to put some sustained success together, you know? And they have contracts that they can move. Yeah. If they need to, like an Ananobi or or whoever is available. Or you you might not want to hear this, Jalen Brunson, if something better becomes available. His godfather is the president of basketball of operations. He's not getting traded. That is so funny. Yeah. And I got to be honest, I kind of want to be successful with Jalen Brunson going forward. I love that. And I think that, bro, I think that is something that we don't talk about enough in sports that I want to be successful with this guy. Mm -hmm. And I want to, you know, and I think probably, I, I don't really know, like, you know, like with Dwayne Wade, for example, like even when LeBron was here, I always wanted Dwayne to get the recognition because that was like our guy forever and still right. is our guy forever. Like that guy walks that he's more than Pitbull. He walks on water here, right? Like in a way that nobody else does. Um, so I, I get that. And I think that's really, yeah. Funny. The Randall thing is complicated. I will say you guys turned on Randall. It was really funny. It was, you guys used to talk was, about Randall the way well, you're talking about Jalen Brunson. Well, two years would, ago we did. And people said that Randall was better year, than Bam. And no, uh, one person did. No, a lot of don't acknowledge did. him. A lot of people did. There were Andrew, and look, two years. You know, ago, you know your people. <laughs> don't don't lie. You know how you people get. Two years. So let me let me be clear. I can't say Julius Randle is better than Bam. Two years ago, he had a better season than Bam out of no, bios. I'm season. sorry. No. Yes, he did. The defensive. Side he made every. Matters. He had a Larry Bird type of season. Okay, mm-hmm. like it's one of those things the where I'm not matters. saying he is. He but, was like runner up for defensive player of the year. He was, and I. Julius Randle did something only Larry Bird and Nicole Jokic have done. Yeah, but this is a this is a steroid era of basketball where Laurie Markkinen is also putting up a Larry Bird season at, Dur- and at, at Dirk that season. point. So two years later, when we've all adjusted our shot diets, yes, I think two well, years. Well, ago. We, Look, what, I'm not even defending. Are we gonna say? Are we gonna say? Now? Are we gonna talk crazy about Laurie Markkinen now? No, I'm we just saying Laurie Markkinen's dirt. <laughs> what are we doing? Come on, man. I am saying two years ago, Julius Randle turned into Kevin Durant uh, in the mid range and made every log two. And it was like, okay, what is this? And then we obviously know what happened in the playoffs and the next season. And it took getting a second piece like a Jalen Brunson. And look, that's, I think, what the most, if we wrap up, what the most exciting thing about this is for Knicks fans. Um, they, there's reason to believe that they're a player away. And I, I mean, I hope it's not Player away from what from contending. Well, who, well, that player, I think, has to be better than Randall and Brunson. Right. I'm saying you could trade Randall for it. I'm saying like, what if the what if Harden goes to uh, Houston and Embiid wants out? I thought you just said that Jalen Brunson is better than Harden. I'm saying what if Harden goes to Houston and then Embiid wants out? Oh, and then Embiid wants out. Yes. Yeah. Like they're in pole position, as Bill Simmons put it the other day, for the Embiid sweepstakes. I don't you want know. Embiid. You can have him. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Everyone's like, he fans are like, what? And I go, uh huh. Um, this has been fun. <laughs> You're the best buddy. Uh, tell everybody where they can find out your stuff, man. Find us at MIA Heapy on Twitter. Find me at GNavas103, where you can find me talking mean. Listen, not really the Knicks. Mostly, I, I, my, I'm focused on the Sixers right now. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% locked into Sixers slander occasional Celtic slander, but like mostly like Sixers slander. I only really sideswipe the Knicks if like something inspires me to. 
So like Zach Lowe saying like Zach been really Lowe, good yeah. lately. Yes. You know, so yes. that's not really my thing. I'm the, I'm focused on the Sixers. I'm locked in to hating the Sixers. Sometimes the city of Cleveland, they're doing great. They got to get it too. But I'm a hater first and then an analyst second. But we have a lot of fun on our show. Uh, check out Hangover Time. It's our Miami Heat postgame show. I implore you, after you watch any coverage that Andrew does over here uh, or that, that that anybody does on this side of, of Knicks, I suggest you check out Hangover Time uh, after the games uh, if you want to see catch some Heat Knicks stuff because we do have a lot of fun. And I think the biggest compliment we get in the comments on our YouTube page is... Um, other fan, fans of other teams are like, wow, I'm a fan of this other team. And I laughed and I had so much fun. Even when the Heat lose, mm-hmm. uh, we try to have a good time. So please, if you can, uh, slide on over, give us a watch, see what you think, and uh, and support Andrew, man. Give, give Like I said, give those five-star reviews on Spotify, iTunes. I don't know if you're on YouTube there too. Uh, Anywhere you can. Are. Believe me, we are. Yeah. Listen, you don't understand the fight we do to the algorithm. Congrats on a top was a top fifteen pod in, in America. Yeah, yeah, Congrats, top fifteen man. basketball. Yeah, thank you, thank you, sir. We're trending upwards, just Love like the New York it. Knicks. Over Keep the supporting last this man. Months. Keep supporting this man. He deserves it. Yes, thank you, sir. Always good to see you, my man. Even with the basketball team that you root for. <laughs> <laughs>